The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. I am uh, proud to present... Right here, we have Chris Reed and Chris Hoyt with me, and uh, and they have started a business here together. So tell me a little bit about you guys, and uh, let's talk about the business. So we are Cast a Bigger Net, um, your sustainable, community-centric mar- outsourced marketing company. What does that mean when you say when you say sustainable? What are you referring to? So the I think one of the things that motivated us to get this company up and going was just a, a passionate desire to make marketing accessible to small businesses. Oh, really? And okay. I went through a bit of my own spiritual journey in the world of marketing uh, to realize a few things, some of the which I'd love to get into because I think you'd enjoy it. But one of the things was uh, marketers were trying too hard to sell too much to small businesses, you yeah. know, oh, you need a better website, oh, you need to, your, your logo sucks, oh, your brochure needs improved. And, uh, you know, as a young entrepreneur and, you you know, you're, you're looking at the world, you're looking at big companies like Apple and Microsoft and all this stuff, and you're always comparing everything to right. these big players. And through my years of doing marketing, I'd always roll my eyes at people, you know, who are using PowerPoint for their brochures or things like that. And then I realized they're making a lot more money sometimes uh, with that with that crap material yes. than, than companies that look great, yeah. you know. And it was really uh, a slap in the face in the sense of just reality check to realize that marketers are often lost in their own world. You know, they really are often just yeah. kind of like self-deluded uh, that things, you know, have to be pretty to work. And so I really wanted to focus on, so what are the things that really do make business work? What is the point at which marketing really does become helpful for a business. And uh, when I go into businesses now, I'm less than, you know, and, and Chris uh, Reed here shares shares my philosophy on this. It's, it's about what's the, not instead of everything, instead of, yes, you need a better website, yes, you need all this stuff, what's the next thing you need? Right. What's the right. one thing that you could just start doing tomorrow without breaking the bank, without trying to throw your money away, that would actually start, getting business to increase. Yep. And I think, you know, one of the other big things, too, is a lot of the things that really make marketing effective are daily habits. You know, the habits people have in their businesses. A lot of people are very autistic as a company. Yeah. They're very trapped in themselves and just simple basic daily habits of uh, making phone calls, getting out of their their four walls and, you know, out into the community, yep. learning how to respond to emails, learning how to follow up with people. Sometimes it's daily habits even that need fixed before you do anything else. What's the point of getting someone a thousand leads off the internet if they don't know how to do anything with them? Well, yeah, and and lots of business owners have a certain comfort level in some areas and not others, right? You know, I mean, we. I think the funny thing about small businesses, especially, is we go into business to do what we love, but we don't. Doing what we love isn't running a business. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a great marketer. I'm not a great business guy. I'm I'm not. I totally admit sure. it. So yeah. having someone there to help coach you, you know, is 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 you almost have to have that. I have 
you know, Harry Harry Howe from Howe Leadership, he's my guy. Mm-hmm. He he teaches me how to run the business, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I, I still fail. He's, I'm his biggest challenge, I think. But but, uh, but yeah, that's that's a really good point. The other thing that I I like what you said there is, well, you said a few things there, but one, marketers, um, there are some embarrassing things, right? Like. I hated GoDaddy for years, you know, because they just used boobs to sell domains, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. But it worked, right? And I hated that it worked, <laughs> you know, because I, I, exactly. I'm just not going to sit at the boardroom with any of my clients and say, you know, what we need is a GoDaddy we, domain. We need boobs, right? You know? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to take the high road. Sorry, my bad. My bad. But, it, it is. It, it's like insulting. I hate yeah. even thinking about it. And but then again, knowing out, knowing that there's an agency, an international agency out there that said, you know what, uh, the right way to go on this is boobs. You know. But I think, and even then, though, I think I that I wrote. Uh, there's. <laughs> There is some marketing strategy in the point that GoDaddy knew what it was. It, it, it kind of came to the understanding that it was a commodity. Yeah. And it said, all right, we're just going to accept the fact we're a commodity, and we're going to act like it. Yeah. So we're just going to sell it as cheap and as high in volume as we can. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, I could, if I could say, I think GoDaddy is in business today, though, because about two, maybe three years ago, they started turning the ship from, I don't think we're going to last forever as a commodity. Maybe we need to do something else. Yeah. And the one thing I will say is they certainly have great customer service. Do they? They really do. I've never called. And, yeah. and I would have I've always just spent 40 minutes navigating. Yeah. Yeah. Just pick up the phone and call. Yeah. <laughs> their their checkout out. process is a wilderness to, you know, it's a it's <laughs> mind-blowing labyrinth. I think um, uh, I think it was designed by M.C. Escher. Like, they hired they hired his ghost to do their interface design. Um, That's funny. But <laughs> the, uh, how can we make this as difficult as possible to check out? Yeah. Because, you know, because yeah, our analytics will look really great. <laughs> it was a, a timeline site was awesome. Yeah. 64 pages. Yeah, 64 pages. It was a seven ninety five domain. Why does my cart say fourteen hundred dollars? I thought you were gonna say yeah, there was eight upsells that you didn't realize. Right. Yeah. Um, He's really great uh, cards. Yeah. Uh, business cards. So there have been there have been other commodity level you know domain registrations. You know, and and the other thing too is the internet keeps going through these transitions of bubble like ignorant enthusiasm. Yeah. And so GoDaddy was there when we thought that the most important part of your business was your domain name. Right. You know, and so they were able, to, and, and now that's that kind of thinking is going away. Yeah. And so now, I think if it weren't for the fact that GoDaddy did have good customer service and competent, you know, the only thing I, I, I really ping them for is I still think their hosting is slow and terrible. It is. Yeah. Uh, but if, if they didn't have competent domain hosting, they wouldn't be here. But the, the honest truth, mm-hmm. and even with that, right? There's you pay for better, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's cheap and don't expect much from it. Well, let's take that same analogy and let's go back to business, though. Yeah. In marketing, instead of just sitting here hammering on them. Well, so no, that, no, I mean, but that was a, that was like the first thing that you had said, you know, from a, that standpoint. You know, the second thing that you said that I thought was really important was do what is going to have the biggest impact next. Sure. And and I. But that that's not just small business. Oh yeah, it's everyone. That's I you know, we, we you know, we worked with an analytics company once that um, when we logged into their analytics it was a nightmare. And it was because they used it as their test and their beta and their everything, you know, so 
<laughs> right. So it was ironic that an analytics company didn't have good analytics. Didn't use, you know, and then we worked for email companies that batch and blasted, right? Right. That's all they did right. was, and they blasted over and over and over, and it wasn't segmented and it wasn't personalized and everything else. And so, so, so you do need someone, you do need someone to stand over your shoulder and say, you know, grab you by the collar and say, stop, stop spending all this time on all this stuff and let's start looking at what's going to make a difference. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Was I, I think that small business owners get lost in the idea of well, what's next. And there's so many opportunities coming at them, and especially with social media, it's so free yeah. that it seems like they can get lost in that. And so they want, and I think this is where we come from in our philosophy, is let's look at where you're at now and let's look at what your goals are to get wherever you want to get. And then let's design a plan that will assist you in the next best thing yeah. And let's do one thing and let's do it really well until we lay the next one in. I was trying to tell somebody this the other day. It's like you can't do row, row, row your boat in a round until you get all the way through it because you let the next person start. And then you, and then once you get all the way through it the second time, then you can add a third person. Yeah. And, and that's just the way that thing yeah. has to work in order for it to sound right. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of people talking over each other, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and it's the same thing with good, with good marketing. Yeah. Is I, you, you have to lay a plan out. I was that. addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned my life around. Right. <laughs> Um, the, I, I think that the, there's, a, there's so much hype a lot of times around the Internet yeah. that business owners feel like it's just this sea of money. Yeah. And if they could just find the right marketing company, they'd be able to dip into that free cash. Um, and 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 I just think in general our our thinking habits, our thought habits, our living habits have not. You know, we need. It's probably going to take one or two more generations of people born into a world that has the internet before it's no longer an out of proportion concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what people, what the internet has really damaged, I think, as far as healthy business practices, is it's really diminished the value of a loyal customer. Yeah. Uh, people, I'm still, it happens to me all the time when I go into a company and you clean up their analytics, you, you clean up their email list, you really look at the data and go, who actually cares? Yeah. And it's always a shocker to them. They think, oh, my website was getting 500 hits a day. Yeah. You clean out the bots. Yeah. You clean out the excess traffic. Yeah. You look at people actually and get, oh, I have like two people a day. Right. Who actually are coming to my website who care and you know the the bad news is you didn't have five people a day coming to your website who care but the good news is you have two people who care and what you what you really should take away from that is those two people have been making a lot of difference yeah and so we keep chasing these big numbers people uh, in in one of the the blog entries I wrote is that you if you go buy a list of a million email addresses like buy it. Yep. Uh, that's going to be worth less to you than a dozen human beings who love your company. Yeah. Okay. And and that thinking is very hard for people. They, it, they just it, love those big numbers. We. So you must have been reading about my talk at Social Media Marketing World, but that's that's what I'm talking about is stop chasing numbers. Mm-hmm. With all of our clients, we we that's the first thing we tell them to stop doing. It's stop. Stop treating it like a funnel. 
it's it's not. If you want a million people on your site, we can get a million people on your site. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It, what matters is exactly what you're saying: is the people that are actually interested in buying, going to buy, bought, renewed. You know, all of those things. We, you know, most most people, including us, we do a poor job of it too. We have one email list, right? Mm -hmm. And we send everything to that one. Some of them are customers. Some of them are prospects. Some of them are vendors. You know, I'm sending them the same exact message, and I'm right. not, and I'm not giving them in any individual treatment. I, you know, and I, we have a sponsor, so I'll, I'll say, you know, right on Interactive, that's their big thing. Is all this acquisition stuff is great? That's great. But what about customer retention? What are you right. doing? And then of the acquisition, who looks like your customers so that you can make sure that you're going to have a happy, happy customer. And what I like about what you're saying is you're pointing out what the Internet is actually good for. Yeah. Is that, uh, you know, business hasn't changed. It's the same it's always been. It's people, people, people. And it's, it's forming good, healthy relationships, retaining your relationships. The only thing the Internet's really changed is the quantity by which we can do this and the efficiency by which we can do it. So when you're using a service like what you talked about, <clears throat> in the past you would have to have a room full of, you know, slave labor or yeah. underpaid, you know, interns or whatever to try to accomplish that kind of, you know, uh, letter writing and, you know, all that. But now we can kind of automate this and you can have one person in your company who's who's able to, you know, uh, uh, distribute personalized messages yeah. to, you know, thousands of people. That's what technology has done that's so awesome. Yeah. And it also, you know, technology allows us to listen to thousands of people. You know, you can, you know, companies now are able to do market research directly just by paying attention to what's going on Twitter yep. and hearing what people are, are saying about them like they never could before. Yep. There, you know, a hundred years ago, you could never find out that everyone hated your mass-produced apple pies uh, other than if people were buying or selling them. Now you can go online and, you know, people look up, oh, they think it's overcooked or whatever, and you can start tweaking your processes and improving them. Do you think, do you think some of the problem is... You know, I, and I'll, I'll premise this by saying I think it is, but as a, as a marketing agency, we try to stay vendor agnostic. I don't, you know, e even with our even with our cli our clients who are vendors and our vendors who are sponsors and stuff like that. Sometimes our clients need a different solution, mm -hmm. and so because my job is to get them business, so ultimately that's what I'm going to do. If I get them in the wrong platform. You know, I'm just killing myself is, mm -hmm. is what I'm doing. But, you know, if you look out there, let's say SEO tools, right? There's probably there's probably 100 different tools, and all of them have sales forces, and all of them have stats, mm -hmm. and all of them have infographics and white papers and downloads and webinars, and every single one of them is telling this small business owner, medium business mm -hmm. owner, CMO, you have to do us. We're the answer to all your prayers. And then the email vendor has the same thing. And then the pay-per-click vendor has the same thing. And then the and it just goes down the list. The social media monitoring company has the same mm -hmm. thing. And it seems to me like what people need to start doing is differentiating the voices that they're hearing and saying, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's not don't trust the email sales guy. It's not mm -hmm. that. It's just that you have to understand that that's part of an overall solution, you know. You know, what's interesting what you said is the Internet is 
what the internet is today to people is exactly what the internet has killed to every other industry. So what I like what you said highlights the fact that the internet is now today to people what the internet has killed in other industries. For example, you don't see vacuum cleaner salesmen anymore. You don't see vacuum cleaner salesmen anymore because we have the internet. We're able to go online, look up what vacuum cleaners are good, we're able to investigate consumer reports, and a lot of people kind of have in mind before they go to the store, right, hey, I'm looking for this latest vacuum cleaner, I'm looking for that latest, I, you know, or I saw a commercial because now we have television. We're, we're a lot more educated on a consumer basis. And so many of our industries used to be more push-based. It was all based on distrib distribution. You sold the most vacuum cleaners by having by, by uh, uh, coalescing the largest army of salespeople, right. having, you know, having them marching on the streets because it was the only way you got the news out. And what the Internet did was it killed that. Now, here's our problem, though. No one understands the Internet. So what's happening to major companies, a lot of the biggest names uh, here in Indiana around the world, is that they're not offering the best services. Some of them aren't even offering good services. It's just that the whole world is ignorant as to what the Internet is, how it's used, how people interact with it. And so whoever shows up at their door first, right, and whoever's able to put on the biggest dog and pony show, right. is the one getting the sales. Yeah, and unfortunately, after you sign, you don't get that guy anymore. He's on to the new trick. Right, and you're, you're locked in for 12 months. Yeah. So... You know that—that's the frustration that I have with the internet. With, with you know, at the moment, it's sad, and there's so many business owners where they're like, "Well, I was just sure this would solve my internet problems, and right. I'm locked in for 12 months, and I need your help, but I don't have what any money." They, and the vendor says, "We well, just gotta send more." Right. <laughs> Here, t look for only yeah. twelve hundred more dollars. We have this training course. Yeah. yeah, we've got a services department that can fix this right up for you. Yeah, it's it'll be, twenty thousand dollars. It'll be great. Here. It'll be awesome. You know, but the other the other thing too is, uh, you know, the the Amazon world, the um, you know a lot of the success stories that we have had since the internet, um, our big kind of success stories last few years have been in this package and ship, streamlined mindset. We've become very uh, starry eyed yeah. towards the idea of productizing everything right. and I'm not sure that we can truly productize everything yeah. there's always been um, professional services in our world before even before the internet even now you're you know we still have lawyers yeah we still you know you still have real estate agents you still have a lot of these things uh, that to many in many ways the internet is changing their world but it's never going to eliminate uh, their world, and in, the, and in that sense, you know, I'm never going to go buy a house off a shelf at Walmart. Right. Um, you used to be able to do that at Sears. Remember that? If it, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the house kids in the fifties, they had those houses, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's always there's always that need for the for the carpenter, and so I, I really think that um, you know, due to this kind of obsession and this the, again the starry, I, I think our biggest bubble right now. In um, in the world of internet marketing is the bubble that somehow you don't have to change as a business 
to use the internet well. You can outsource it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that really does a disservice, um, not only to the people you're selling it to, but it, it's hindering the progress of our world because the thing that I love the most about the internet is that it has enabled the best companies to rise to the top. It has enabled companies that believe in transparency, that believe in tribal leadership, that believe in uh, being personal with their customers, listening to their customers. These are the ones really rising to the top. Yeah. You know, uh, Dollar Shave Club is still one of my favorite yeah. example companies right now. And the way no one in a Fortune 500 company would have looked at his video that went viral on YouTube and said, sure, that's a great idea. Right. They would have said, you swear in it. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you, you make yourself look like you're small. Yeah. You highlight the fact that you only have one employee right. at the moment. You're doing, no, 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 you need to wear a suit and a tie. You need to look professional. We need to put you behind a desk overlooking New York. You know, you, you know it, it's that constant fluff. And he said, nope, I'm vulnerable. I'm transparent. I'm honest. And it rocked the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. And it puts those companies to shame. And, That's a good point. You know, it... The what great business people do on the internet is it, I, let me let me step back. What most of the businesses, the the giants right now, the names the name brands everyone knows right now, which will change obviously, and we've seen history of that. The biggest thing they're trying to do is say, here's what awesome, innovative, personable human beings are doing online to do great internet business. Now, don't worry. You don't need to do all that. You just need to pay us, and we'll put it in a silo and do it for you. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest lie being sold today. I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. But it's, it's, it, it goes back to what you said at the beginning, too, that it's buyer beware, too, right? People don't know how to use the Internet. Right. You know, if, you know once upon a time, we only had one guy that used to nail the, you know, the shoes on the horses. Right. And if he didn't... Ooh. pan out too well, we buried him and another guy <laughs> moved into town and took over his job and now now there's, you know, eight thousand blacksmiths on the internet and, right. and and companies don't know how to choose them and don't know how to find them and that's why there's navigators like you guys, right? I mean honestly, that's what you should be for for a company. We wind up helping people um um, get out of their own way. Yeah. You know, and I think, I, I, personally, I'm, I'm like thinking about, you know, uh, the, when you guys were talking about this, the 80s and, and even in the 90s where mainstream media taught big business how to reach people. And and before that, I was uh, in a conversation just yesterday with a guy who was talking about, remember back in the 50s and, and the 60s when your dad came home at the end of the day, he parked a car in a garage that was detached from the house, and he walked down and he got the newspaper and he stopped and talked to the neighbor. Yeah. And, and we had this human interaction that, that happened. And, and, and people people now, they drive right into their, in their garage, put the door down, walk into the house, don't interact. Don't, exactly. Don't interact with each other. But but we've 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 outsourced the human my, interaction. My neighbor snowblowed my driveway this winter yeah. every time, and I, I'm still at a loss as to what I should go do about it. A gift card to dinner. <laughs> well, that's sometime? what I'm thinking. You know, that's what I, I would do. Yeah, and a half. I'm, I'm, that's and a what case I'm of beer and a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a lot of other things, but. Massages feet. <laughs> yeah, I am thankful. Yeah. Don't give me your phone. But I guess what I'm getting at is, is that the people that that are in that are 50 plus that are in business now and have been in business for 10 plus years are sitting back, going, "I don't get this. I don't understand yeah. this because 
what they want is just to write a check to Comcast and be able to reach their target market by you know right. ha- carpet bombing them with ads, yeah. um, spamming them, whatever. Well, and they don't or, or, or cracking the whip on their sales team, just make more calls. I don't understand. Right. Ten years ago, our close rate was this on our calls. Right. How come our close rate? Oh, my, the, my, my, the biggest, one of my biggest red flags when I know I'm in trouble is when someone says, I've been doing this for 20 years, yeah. just make it work again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. look, I can I can help you figure out what happened, time machine, and how to change it. <laughs> but I'm afraid my DeLorean's in the shop. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I was thinking for your, for your snowblower friend, you should see if you can like go on eBay and get an old Mister Plow, the sweat you know from Simpsons. Did you ever see that? The, the Plow King, Mr. the Mr. Plow King, and Mister Plow. Oh, yeah. Well, no, he was Mister Plow. He was Mister Plow. And the other guy, the Plow King. Okay. Yeah. Old Simpsons reference for anyone who. Cares. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm writing a note. Or you should, or you should get, yeah, you should get a T-shirt made that says uh, for yourself. It says I got, I got snow blowed and, and all he got was this lousy T-shirt. I'm not doing that. It's a conservative neighbor. <laughs> it's a conservative neighbor. Uh, <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking a nice restaurant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Put, Step above but, McDonald's. But, but the reason why I bring it up is because. It did set me, like, I'm like, what do I do? I don't know this guy. He did me a favor. Mm-hmm. And it's because we don't. We go out and, right, right. porches move from the front of the house to the back of the house, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so we don't talk to people. And, and, and in marketing, it happened, too. We put brands and logos and slogans and, you know, and everything else. And I, and I believe brand marketing, brand marketing used to be what you made people feel. Now it's not. Brand marketing is how people are talking about you, right? And what you're conveying with your well, I think I think that well, it's it's we've we've had a couple of confusions. I think that brand marketing is still what you feel. I think it's just that now with the internet, we realize that we have the ability to help control the message a bit. Yeah. If you have good messaging, if you have a powerful message, then you kind of give people a platform to talk about you, and you know. When push comes to shove, when it comes to creativity, people are always going to pick something off the shelf if they can. Yeah. That's why we have Valentine's Day cards. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you know, we were joking before the show, and, and, and I'll bring it up. So let's take a company like Comcast. Mm-hmm. They have solid branding. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't think so? Well, well no. They're, they're known. They're known, but they're but they're the perception is that it's bad. Well, but that's the thing. So the branding, like necessary but evil. that's what I mean is there's a big disconnect between the branding and the reality, right? Oh uh, well. So so let's talk about branding for a minute. Yeah. Let's just talk about branding. So here's the most modern day branding is what I call lipstick on a pig. Yeah. To use the Sarah Palin oh, yeah. reference, but love that. Uh, everyone, forgive me for using that, but uh, the. It really is lipstick on a pig, and here's my point. Uh, I'm going to take two of the most iconic brands. We have McDonald's Arches and the Nike Swoosh. And if you go to branding school, you know, if you're at, if you're at graphic design or, or whatever, your professor is going to talk about these kind of genius uh, brands that, that have been around in our culture and how, the, you know, the Swoosh is so simple and elegant. And, oh, the Arches, you know. Let me explain to you why you love the Arches. When you were six years old, your mom bought you a Happy Meal. And inside of that Happy Meal was nice, fatty food, burgers, fries, and a cheap-ass toy, <laughs> which means you got your, your dopamine response from the food and your endorphin rush from the toy. 
So you had this experience consistently throughout your childhood, and you learned to associate um, time with your family, uh, a, a good day or whatever, and food, and, you know, again, these positive experiences with golden arches. And even right. I, to this day, even though I'm aware of it, cannot disassociate the fact that sometimes going to McDonald's just makes me feel a little better. Well, Coca-Cola, right? Coca-Cola. Oh, and there, yeah, Coca-Cola is a master of, of, yeah. of, hey, if you're having a good time, you should have Coke in your hand. And that's, and yeah, people right. don't realize that's why there's big banners at concerts, yeah. events. Because you, you relate you know, a visual. That's why, drink, that's why I drink Coors Light. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it's Pavlov's, it's all it is. Because it matched your skirt. No, there's <laughs> every time I crack open one, it gets cooler, which I wish we had one in here. <laughs> Hot-looking women come out everywhere. Oh yeah, and I am single, you know, so I, I could use that, you know. And you don't have it in your fridge, so I'm stuck with you guys with a sausage mess. Right. So, but let's. But it's the same thing with the Nike logo. You yeah. Nike did a good job of putting their brand. Uh, amongst everything we all as children aspire to be like, you know, you looked at Michael Jordan, you looked at, you know, these athletes, and that somewhere there was a Nike logo. So we, we associated the, the swoosh with the experience. What, so what it comes down to is what branding truly is, is visual association. Yeah. And, and the, the, arches, the arches could have been anything. Yeah. And the Nike swoosh could have been someone flipping you the bird. And as long as we consistently saw that visual during an experience, we would come to form a brand association. Right. So let me give you away the dirty secret now about all the all the branding stuff going around, especially here in Indianapolis. So what happens is you get these big companies who have delivered for us an experience with their brand over all these years, and they've become these great companies, and now uh, – People who want you to pay them to practice uh, what they learned at art degree um, are saying that if your logo looked just as cool as right. McDonald's or Nike or whatever, that you would be doing great in business. Well, first of all, their logos had nothing to do with their success. It was their ability to provide a consistent experience yeah. time and time again that we learned to visually associate with them. And so so what what people are basically trying to do is say, I'm going to make you look as successful at McDonald's by making you look like you have sexy golden arches. It has the same amount of logic as saying, I'm going to turn you into a pop star like Katy Perry by putting whipped cream on your tips. <laughs> the, it's, it's the same, like, like that's the same thing. It's like, well, Katy Perry shoots whipped cream from her boobs when she does a music video. So if I shot whipped cream from my boobs when I did a music video, I'd be a rock star. You know, it does. Chris, you you might have just contradicted yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you saying that? If you did that, you very well might. Might. Okay, we'll have to experiment with that later. No, let's not. <laughs> the visualization is scarred my brain. I can't see it right well, now. But but there is a balance, right? There is a balance, and that's that. You know, we we have we have clients right now that, uh, and we have new clients right now that judged us based on the image that we created. Mm-hmm. Now, I try to be as straightforward as possible, and I think I'm a pretty transparent guy online about how we deal with people and everything else, um, but they wouldn't have even come to us had we not had a logo that looked like or a site that looked like. But you're, you know but you're I mean? explaining your own you're explaining your own purpose. Yeah. Is it because your logo looked cool 
yeah. or because your image and your polish reminded them of previous professional experiences? I, it, great, great question. I mean, that's a million dollar question. But my my point is that I feel like there's a there's I feel like there's a baseline, mm -hmm. right? Of of professionalism, right? You know, and and there's always the there's always the outliers that do well without it, right? But for the most part, you know, it's it's you have to have some semblance of an online persona or brand or, or you know that people believe is trusted and mm -hmm. true. And I, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. We got turned down by a federal by a state contract because we didn't have enough people in our company. Mm -hmm. Now. The, 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 it's, it's a silly perception. It's just a stupid thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because if that's fine. If you go to an agency with 40 people, that's cool. They're going to assign two people to yeah, work. Yeah, you're going to have the same amount of people yeah. work on your project. Exactly. Yeah. You Except know? that you're going to have more managers screwing with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the fact is, is that we have as big a network of resources to work on any size. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it's, it's – but – so what do we do to play the game? You know, do we right. you know hire more people so that we're bigger, so that we can compete with that, and change who yep. we are as a company? I don't want to do that. You know? So I think what one of the things here that that is good to point out, though, based on what you said, is that it doesn't mean there's no place for brand strategy. Right. But let's not lie to people and exactly. say you're secret to yourself. Yeah. So what one of the things you just talked is what I call rent a brand. It means that when you don't have a brand yeah. and no one knows you, the best way to earn trust is to look like yeah. people who people have already seen as trustworthy. Right. So in that way, imitation is helpful. But you're an intelligent person that's able to to get through that. The majority of people aren't. Yeah, they're not going to notice that's what's going on I mean, behind I mean, the scenes. If you want to take, let's say, let's take one aspect of marketing mm -hmm. where we all always pick a loser, and that's politics, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. We're all fooled. We're all disappointed. We're all the time with the product mm -hmm. that's presented to us in the marketing, and then we make a selection. Right. You know, and some of them are beautiful brands. Beautiful okay. So, so I want to tell you. About, so, there's another thing. So, I, okay. So, let me separate. You're bringing up some good, yeah. good phys, uh, psychological phenomena. I want to. I want to put names to them though, because so the first one of when people say look professional, I want to look professional. What they're yeah. really saying is I want to rent a brand. I want to look like other companies that are professional so that people think that's what I have. Yeah. Now, let's talk about uh, uh, politics. But you might be, too. What? Professional. Yeah, you might. No, yeah. it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. you're lying. Right, right. It's just you're renting a brand. You're right. renting an image because you don't have your own. Good point. Okay. Yeah. So well, one of the things that happens in politics, and, and I've had a lot of discussions with strategy stuff, uh, like you'll, you'll talk about who would you love to be president, and everyone like picks this one guy uh, in, in, in whatever party you're in. So, right. like, Democrats would love to have, like, Elizabeth Warren uh, uh, run for president. But, you know, everyone's like, no, she couldn't win. Hillary Clinton's going to, you know, would be the only viable candidate. Right. But, but you talk to people, and they're like, uh, well, I'd love for Elizabeth Warren to run, but that's not – I just don't think it's possible, right? Yeah. And, it hap and, and, and this is an effect that also happens with uh, racism, is people, people uh, they rent racism. They'll go, well, I don't have a problem hiring, you know, the person from that, you know, ethnicity or whatever, but I think my customers would. Oh. Man. You know, or they do this with handicapped people all the time. People would be like, well, I don't have a problem having a handicapped guy, but I think it would bother my customers. People do this projection 
thing. And, and, and the same thing happens. What happens in politics is, so there's this great quote. It said, there's no such thing as public opinion. There's just what the majority of people think other people think. <laughs> so we have this, we have this problem uh, in our society. We still have this obsession of fitting in. And so what happens is we don't pick people we like. We just pick people we think everyone else will like. Yeah. And that's what, happen, that's what kills our politics. We're never happy with who comes out at the end of those, right. uh, the primaries. We, we, we didn't pick who we liked at the primary. We picked the person we thought everyone else would like at the primary, right. which means we picked the blandest, least offensive person yeah. every time right. because we just want the person that we think is less weird or whatever. When we like weird, so, we just don't think anyone else will. All right, so let's, let's toss that analogy back to business. Right. I think there's some truth that we do the same thing there. Agreed. You know, yeah, that's we, we have one company that grows like crazy and everybody's using them, mm-hmm. and... Hey, risk risk averse people go. Hey, they're taking care of those five companies, and they got a cool website, and they're cool in the videos. So let's go with them. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the analogy in the '80s? Nobody got fired for hiring IBM. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. It's yeah. like the guys that are in charge of marketing in these mid-level brands to so these small business brands that have a you know a couple million dollars in revenue go. Well, crap. We have to go with the. The big guy. Yeah, we got to go with them because they've got it right, apparently. Right. And and there's no there's no better services there than yeah. there would be at either of our companies. Yeah, and, so. the, and the crazy thing is, is they they would you know they're treated as a you know one cog in this humongous wheel of revenue. You know where if they did go with your company, they would be you know one out of. 10, 1 out of 20, 1 out of 30, and they would get the attention that they deserved and the, the personal treatment have a, that they deserved. I have a customer that, we have a customer that, that actually told us that, you know, they wouldn't do business with us if my, in my past I had been associated with a certain company here in town. Wow. Because um, they had done business with that person, wrote them a five-figure check, yeah. and were told by a, a service person that, uh, uh, that they really couldn't give them the service they needed because people were writing six and seven figure checks to them. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that won't happen here. Trust me. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to take you out to yeah, dinner yeah. right now. And, uh, yeah. and, and five is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah five, five. So I want to, but here's the good news. This is what I wanted. I wanted to bring this full circle. So here's the good news. And and this is the good news that you see with companies like the Dollar Shave Club. You see it with people like Lady Gaga. And Seth, it's what Seth Godin spends a lot of his time writing about, is that we enslave ourselves with the not what would I want, but what do I think everyone else wants mindset. Yeah. And so we live in, I, I say society is basically, we're, we're barely evolved to the point where most of our lives is as if we all pooped, but no one admitted it. So we all think we're the only one who poops. Didn't I just had that conversation with you, Jason? Oh, was Jason? To find no, out I, said I, I said I had to go to the bathroom, and he said you you just said that in front of your client. I said that's okay. She goes to the bathroom too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but society society is full of these phenomenons where we all think we're the only one who's yeah. weird. So, but thinking about George Clooney pooping is pretty, you know. No, I, can, I, I bet it's I bet it's. Beautifully, you know, balletic and 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 it's great. Balletic, uh, balletic. Uh, 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 or was it balletic? Sure. <laughs> I'm sure I liked it better. And I'm sure it's got a. I'm sure it's got a fine musk instead of a. 
It's not. It's Clooney. It's not corny. <laughs> I, think, I think we just found Giorgio Armani's next We should move low. Oh my goodness. So, so, but the good news is, is that, that when you well. decide to act as an individual, to say, forget the. Forget the imitation branding. For, you know, I'm just going to go, you know, I'm, I'm going to wear a meat dress like yeah. Lady Gaga or, you know, whatever. There's, you, what, what happens to you is you face an immediate resistance. Yeah. Everyone's like, you're insane. Like, hey, you know, I understand you. I know, I know that, that you're okay. But I think everyone else is, you know, just like you talked about, I think everyone else is going to think you're weird. It's a bad idea. Yeah. It's what our parents do to us all the time. It's like yeah. they don't mean to squelch our dreams and hopes, but they yeah. do. Absolutely. Because they're like, you know, I love you, and I know you're a creative person, yeah. but can you please cut your hair? Yeah. Right. So what happens is you hit an immediate resistance. But if you can work through that resistance, you get to this point where people start looking at, it's like laughing at the comedian who says the dirty joke. You wait and then you see the guy next to you laughing, you're like, okay, I'm not going to get in trouble if I laugh too. And that's where these breakthrough phenomenons happen, where you get this like, you know, they're breaking every norm and, you know, we're like, man, how is it that these people that do things so differently are successful? Well, it's because they did everything differently. Right. You know, so... It's just so hard to break through to that tipping point that most people wear out on the way there. I, I yeah, and you know, if we're going to bring this around to marketing and technology and stuff, I'd say that that is what I have a problem with. With the, you know, this is the vendor, this is the product, and oh, you have to fit into this. Mm-hmm. You know, because it it doesn't take any consideration of what your company is like, what resources you have, mm-hmm. how much money you have, what how much money you have to make with it, what. You know, and and and, and the, that's where I get really, really upset at these companies that just, oh, you have to, you have to buy our solution. You know, and we we did it. We went through a mm-hmm. we went through a marketing automation solution a couple of years ago, and it was a, this is always a telltale sign. It was cash up front for the year, <laughs> right? I yeah. mean, honestly, you want to be around when you're when when you get to the month. Honestly, month. that's a it's a big sign to me, and and uh, and it was basically you know the. Here's how you need to redo your site. Here's how you need to redo your email. Here's how you need to redo. And I sat there and I said, you know, oh my God, they they want me to What's literally like? transform my entire business away from what's worked mm-hmm. to what yeah. they think works. But right? but it's what everybody else is doing. It's it's what every all of their other customers are. I'd say it's what half of their customers are doing that's working. And the other half that hate their product because but, it doesn't. But your newsletter will be a lovely salmon instead of yeah, blue, yeah. instead of royal blue, <laughs> right. like the other guy. But but I think it really is a problem, and that's that. You know, I used to I, I used to hear both sides when a client says to you, "Look, our business is different, right?" And there was one side of me that used to say, "Oh, here we go again. Your business is different." But the fact is, is that the business might not be different. But the people, the plan, mm-hmm. the resources, the foundation, the history, the you know the the authority, all of that is different, and you do need to tailor something to each client to make them to really maximize that success. And I think I think the other the last phenomenon I'll kind of discuss is, and, and I think this is the biggest one, is deferment of responsibility. Mm. 
you know, the reason no one gets fired for hiring IBM is, you know, that, that kind of came around is, I don't want my ass to be on the line for having to have thought through what's the best solution. I want to just pick one and be, whether it works out or not, be able to say, well, we did everything we could. We hired IBM, you know. Right. It's, it's, it, it must just not be possible if right. IBM couldn't do it. And that's where we're at today is people are not like, they don't want to invest the time and, and think about what are my needs, what do, what do my customers need from me, how do I best engage my customers. You know, they don't want to think through these things. And, and, and sadly, this has to do with, is you get people at the top in a corporate structure who have learned to take responsibility, but then they delegate. So they go ask their, you know, marketing VP or something. You go find that, and they're well, like, "Isn't that what meetings are for?" Right, the firm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, isn't it? But it's what they're used for. It shouldn't be. Right. I have a whole podcast dedicated to taking that phenomenon out of a meeting. Yeah. Uh, just, just for that reason, but. It shouldn't be about that. Meetings should be about collaboration, but they're normally about assignment of blame. Absolutely. <laughs> because then you can say, well, wait, we were in a meeting. We all agreed to this. Right. You know? and, and, uh, and so there is none. Yeah. But maybe you agree with me, but don't you think you're, you're, the customers you really enjoy working with the most are the ones that you that you you really get to know well enough and they're usually the owner of the company and they usually just wring their hands and go, you know what, Doug, I just don't have a flipping clue. Yeah. I need you to have a clue. Well, and I want to I make sure that you have my back. The, the, there's, a couple, there's a couple things. We have, we have an infographic coming out that I think you guys will like and mm -hmm. it's basically um, how, agent, how basically working with an agency is a lot like a marriage. You know, because you shouldn't have a cheating spouse. You shouldn't have someone hiding the checkbook. You shouldn't have, you know. That's good. Yeah, and there's yeah. like a dozen things on it. I like but, that. But it's really true, and it's through the experience that we've had. It's like the week of analogies. You're, you're comparing agencies to marriage. We're comparing marketing to gym memberships. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but it, it really is true because I tell people now we're a boutique agency. We have a limited resource set, right? And so I have to be really careful about who we bring on as a client. And we have a client right now that we're having difficulties with, and the problem is that it doesn't just derail that relationship, it impacts all of our relationships because it takes time, attention, everything away from everything that we're doing. And, and so, you know, full circle, it's, it's companies need to find the right clients, not a client. Right. Not, did we get a, a click, did we get a lead, did we get a right. conversion? It's did you get the right conversion? You know, mm -hmm. did, did you, are you selling shoes to somebody who, you know, shouldn't be wearing shoes? You know, are you, you know, it's, right. it's crazy what we do right now. Yeah, are you, are you trying to sell dress shoes in San Francisco? Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I really, you know, taking the, um, uh, I'll apply that, I want to apply that personally and then, you know, I'll apply it in general is, you know, for us, we definitely, you know, our goal is to get, you know, a dozen or so tight-knit uh, people that, that, you know, we work as part of their team. That's obviously, you know, our best place, too, where there's some level of trust. But I also, I'm one of those people who's come to a point where I'm willing to put the work in to build the trust, but I don't want to just build it by making things work. I want to build it by explaining to you why it works. And so it's been very important to me in any client relationship 
to make sure that they're, I take the magic out of things and, and let them know, you know, this isn't magic. This isn't right. I don't wave a wand and the web page comes up or there's no magic number out there on the Internet. I want you to understand here's where your customers are. Here's the way we're going to engage them. Here's the way we're going to drive sales. And here's all the things that, that, that may or may not go wrong. I don't, I don't like operating under magic or assuming that the client knows everything right. uh, that I do. I, I love, and I think that the educational process is something that you can't skip and too many clients try to skip. You know, that let's sit down and just talk with our clients until they understand what's going on. It's something you can't bypass. It makes a world of difference if you just take the time to get your clients on board so they know what's happening ahead of time. It's, it it's not even when they're on board, right? It's before they sign. Right. You know, really starting. Like, I try to, I try, I'm telling you, I try to explain our culture over and over and over again <laughs> to our prospects. And, and it's, and it's, uh, and some of them, oh, okay, let's move. Okay, let's move. And I say, <laughs> initial here on the contract. Slow down. Initial here on the contract yeah. where you've read this yeah, part. Yeah. This the disclaimer. Slow down. This is slow how we work. Down. Slow down, you know, and it's right. because I know if we take the wrong one on, we're just toast, you know. And they're toast. They're not gonna like it. They're not gonna you know, they're not gonna like the experience. We're, we're, yeah. we're in the same boat because I mean, seriously, one bad client like that can ruin your business. A- absolutely. It, it really can and it, and it comes down to not just us, it comes down to it comes down to them. And I, I keep coming back to the idea of, of what you said was trust. And, and what, what, what I think mainstream America has done is they've, they've swapped the word trust for predictability. And the, Ooh, reality, the reality of it is, is what they want is they want a vendor that they can predict. And they want an outcome that predicts. So, and in the meetings, what it'll be is, well, where, where are your references? Who else like us have you taken to the top of the heap? You know, and right. and, for, and I think we're a lot like you in that we're ADD enough that we couldn't do a niche to the point where that's all we did was dentists because if we did, we'd get damn bored and kill ourselves inside of a year. You know, we need that. We need that uh, right. varied. So, but but we but they don't want to do business with somebody they can't predict. But they can't predict marketing. Yeah. And, and we can't as marketers take them on in such a way with that kind of promise. We can say we're going to work hard. We can say we know how to figure out your market. But the variable all ultimately is them and, and what they bring, their brand, their practices, their customer service, their sales mm-hmm. model, uh, et cetera, that causes everything that we do for them uh, to, to change. Right. Uh, your your, your uh, uh, shoot, uh, infographics are amazing. And, right. and, and yeah. they are. And But... But if the brand Most sucks, if the brand sucks yeah. uh, in your brand, I mean, half the couple we do business with already have a brand, and we're not branding them. We're just taking them to the next step. But the brand's okay, but the customer service bites on the back end, or they have a faulty widget that, that desperately needs a recall that they won't, they won't face uh, that causes our efforts to just not make a difference in the fourth quarter. I really like what you said, though, about replacing trust with predictability because – you know, the let's all take a step back here and realize what marketing is. We're trying to grow your business and help you succeed. If there was a company that could wrap up success in a box <coughs> and sell it off the shelf, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, twelve ninety nine ninety nine. Beach somewhere. You know, uh, you you seriously, they'd run out and you couldn't pay them enough because, and and I think that's the thing that's so strange to me is people continually hire marketing companies with this idea of, I am buying success. Yeah. You know, if I if if you should if you succeed to me, I should be buying money. It's like, look, if I could sell money. Right. You yeah. know, I would be amazing. And I so it's a thousand percent market. And, I'll show you a ten right now. But what's what's hard about it is instead of local companies trying to help people understand what marketing should be doing, it's not because I'm not saying that we shouldn't be held accountable. There right. are things to hold marketing companies accountable to. Right. But marketing companies keep selling people to that demand. They keep going out and selling and saying, No, you're right, you hire us oh, and we just make wait, you successful. Wait, remember Tommy Boy? Yes. <laughs> if I took a box and it went out to grab on it and put that, put that warranty on it, yeah. <laughs> was yeah, that right, what you right. wanted? Is that yeah, what you exactly. wanted? Yeah. What would you wind up with? A box. With a, a box warranty. with a warranty. <laughs> yeah. But that's the problem. I mean, marketing companies need to do a better job helping, pe- job helping people understand that we're, first and foremost, it's education and communication. We're here to help you communicate with your customers. We're here to make it so that we reduce the barriers to entry for people to become your client. That we're giving you data so that you understand your client better. You know, there are things to hold a marketing company accountable for. You know, there there is ultimately a a certain level of up and to the right that happens. But if you think there's some marketing company out there that's a silver bullet or you can literally buy success from, you're going to live your whole life jaded and cynical because you're just going to get everyone's ripping you off. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, but but uh, I mean, the average marketing company can, I think, be held accountable to move the needle, right? You know, I mean, oh yeah, I, I, I think I think there's there's too many that it's, you know, it's the old, you know, what we used to talk about all the time, you know, SEO rank, right? Mm-hmm. Oh well, we got you ranked higher. Well, cool. Yeah, is it ten percent growth did that it, you're promising, or is it is the salesperson promising fifty percent? Yeah, like I growth? love the the emails that I get that say we can get your site ranked uh, on page one. Yeah, <laughs> I can get anything ranked on. You know, yeah, I, I, can I, you, I can get you ranked one tomorrow for for you know chocolate covered hot dog. Yes, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, With how, on log cabins or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just, you know, you, you, as long as I'm making up the word, I can rank you number one for anything. Exactly. And and oh, you want to be ranked number one for TVs? No, yeah. I can't do that. Or the, <laughs> I like the companies that you know they analyze you and they say, well, here's the keywords you should be going after. And you say, but I didn't tell you what we converted on yet. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. You know. And so I I think uh, I think one of my problems is that. That and I think this whole conversation talks to it is is really understanding how your customers are doing business mm-hmm. and then helping them fill those gaps. Right. There's there's and, and you guys say it right. You guys prioritize the opportunities and work accordingly. And maybe you do take number one and you fulfill it. And maybe the needle doesn't move much. But then you go to number two, yeah. and then all of a sudden it does. And, and by the time you get three, yeah. you've got three things that are moving a little bit exactly. at a time. Yeah. Magnifies. Yeah. We yeah. like to we like to use phrase a series of small successes. Yeah. Is yeah. really the big thing. But again, that's why we I, like comparing it to. I always tell people pay attention to the trends. Right. Don't look at the spike. Yeah. Pay yeah. attention to the trends. Yeah. Series of small successes. Because if you if you were to lose just one pound a week. Yeah. For three years, you'd be great. Yeah, I'd, and and it'd probably be it'd probably be less work than trying to lose five pounds a week. You'd be like Katy Perry. You'd be <laughs> Katy Perry. <laughs> Time for the whipped cream. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Where where can people find you online? At www.castabigger.net. 
Okay, cast. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, got we that little, pretty on that URL. Yeah, you got that little PLD in there. Yeah. Sweet. Castabigger.net. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, individually, obviously, Chris, you do a podcast. You know, yeah, I do a postmodern living with Chris the Brain. Nice. And myself, you just find my comedic rats on Facebook, pretty much under Chris Reed. Yeah, they, they yeah. are there too. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, and uh, on Twitter, both of you. Yeah, Chris the Brain. You can Google Chris the Brain and find. I, I own. I'm number one on Google for Chris the Brain. <laughs> And you can find me under Chris Reed in Indianapolis, pretty much anything yeah, in Google. I'm the top ten. Now, I, I really enjoyed this conversation, and, and uh, please, if you're listening, you know, go to castabigger.net, go there, and then a, uh, do a search. Do a search. There's tons of good material out from both of these guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog. Visit us online at marketingtechblog.com. From there, find links to follow us on Facebook and Twitter.